When you think of art in the Hudson Valley, your head probably goes to the Hudson Valley School and the river and mountains painted by Thomas Cole and Frederick Edwin Church. This is from Kevin Avery at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The Hudson River School was America's first true artistic fraternity. Its name was coined to identify a group of New York City-based landscape painters that emerged about 1850 under the influence of the English emigre Thomas Cole and flourished until about the time of the centennial. Cole is usually regarded as the father or founder of the school, though he himself played no organizational role, except that he was the teacher of Frederick Edwin Church. This mid-19th century American art movement, Wikipedia, my other big source, further explains, was embodied by a group of landscape painters whose aesthetic vision was influenced by Romanticism. The paintings typically depict the Hudson River Valley and the surrounding areas, including the Catskills, Adirondacks, and White Mountains. The three themes that come up the most frequently, discovery, exploration, and settlement, especially where human beings and nature coexist peacefully. So Cole was the first, and then the second wave were painters like Church. There were also female painters, but it certainly takes more work to find out their names. Susie Barstow, Eliza Pratt Groderix, Julia Hart Beers. If you visit the Hudson Valley, like I hope you will, places you'll want to visit are Thomas Cole's house in Catskill, and then across the river, the famous and architecturally fantastic Olana Historic Site, home of Frederick Edwin Church. Olana is amazing. You've heard me talk about it. Perched up on the hill with the most amazing view that, yes, just begs you to paint it. Like everything in this area, the history past and present is richer and more diverse than at first glance. You have to dig for it. You have to ask. You have to, as my friends at Hamilton Adams say, always be curious. This episode today is about that, trying to get past the obvious to what's really interesting, dispelling the myth that leaving the city means leaving behind art. But what if it isn't? What if you don't? Out of the blue, I got an email from Ann Sanger, a listener. It said, Matt, you haven't really had a story yet on the rich landscape of artists who call up state home. My gallery, Pinkwater in Kingston, showcases contemporary women artists of the Hudson Valley and the Catskills, many of whom are also affiliated with the Woodstock School of Art, which is an incredible and historic resource for artists in the area. I hope we can talk soon. Please drop by the gallery. I wrote back to Ann. I stopped by her gallery. Let's do it, I said. a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park blues have an ounce of an idiot. Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. At first I heard my feelings but it's kind of got a ring to it. When you move to the country they can tell when you're new to it. I'm looking at a place but I'm trying to keep fitting in. It takes too long to be a local so for now I'm a city, yeah. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. I don't talk about art that much, do I? 
I mention Alana all the time, sure, but more in an historical type of way than about its paintings or its subject matter and its importance in shaping how Americans, maybe the world, started to see and view the Hudson Valley. This is timely too. The O Positive Festival is every October. In the summer, there's Upstate Art Weekend all around the region. So I was so glad that Ann Sanger suggested the idea for the episode. I didn't know about the Woodstock School of Art or the women artists she mentions. She and I talk about how to buy art, what to expect from a gallery like Pinkwater. Plus she'll share her guide to experiencing art in and around Kingston, which you'll also find in the show notes and on the episode page. It all starts for Anne with a search for a swimming hole and taking a wrong turn, or was it a right turn? Hi, Anne. Hi, Matt. Welcome to City It. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. And we just we just met in person a couple of weeks ago when I stopped into the gallery. We did. It was a pleasure to see you there and to show you around and show you the art we have. I get my hair cut around the corner. Oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> Come in so, anytime. <laughs> so maybe a good place to start would be about you. I don't know your story, if you're from here, if you moved here. So maybe start with you and then start to tell us about what it's like to be a gallery owner and an artist. Uh, perfect. I will start with the origin story, which is I'm from the Midwest originally. I went to the University of Cincinnati where I studied fashion design at a school there called the Design Architecture Art and Planning School. And then I alighted for the big city and spent the next 25 years living and working in New York City in the garment district in the bowels of the fashion industry. So my background was fashion illustration, design, and then technology in the design field which I did up until the turn of the century. And then I returned to my art background and started painting in 2015. I discovered the Woodstock School of Art, which led me to this part of the world. I moved to Hurley in this area in 2017. And then I opened Pinkwater Gallery in Kingston in 2019, just in time for a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, it's true, just in time. Um, I'm so excited to talk about art because we all think about Woodstock and our head goes to music. Right? right. And so this is really refreshing. So I don't know the Woodstock School of Art. I don't know this area. I know there's a lot of art here and a lot of artists and a lot of creative people. But how did you know to come here? Well, I actually got lost. I knew about Woodstock, probably mostly the way most people know about Woodstock through the music legends and that sort of thing. And I spent time up here on the weekends when I got out of the city to experience nature. And I was looking for a swimming hole which happens to be right near the Woodstock School of Art. And I made the wrong turn and asked them where it was and took a catalog while I was at it. And then we were off. I started taking painting classes back in 2015 and it changed my life, literally. Amazing. So you became an artist later in life. Woodstock School of Art is truly like going back to art school in a way. I went to design school, which is a little bit different, but the smell of mineral spirits and the slop sink and the paint everywhere is really the experience you get at Woodstock School of Art. So it was just delightful to be kind of in my dreamscape of creating purely for the sake of creating. It was a really creative time and I was going through a midlife crisis. So it was perfect. Do people say things like, what kind of painter are you? Does that, does that come yes. up? How does it look? Yes, people actually, and I ask people that too, because I'm interested, but you know, are you an abstract painter or are you a representational painter? Do you paint in oil or acrylic? Are you a sculptor? I mean, there are all kinds of art forms, obviously. And actually the Woodstock School of Art has a wonderful printmaking studio. So lately I've been, I've been very interested in printmaking myself as an artist, and I've shown a number of print masters, as a matter of fact, many of whom teach classes at the Woodstock School of Art, as well as showing their art in the area. 
And I did want to ask you also about women artists in the area, because when we do think about art in the Hudson Valley, we of course think about not Woodstock, we think of Olana and we think of the masters and, the, and I'm sure they're all men, mm-hmm. right? So right, Hudson School of Painting, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Pinkwater's women artists, tell me more about women artists here. Honestly, the history of Woodstock, of course, starts with the male artists, you know, in the Hudson Valley, but also more recently than that, the turn of the century, the Birdcliff Colony in Woodstock was founded in 1902 by a man. Um, And fine, that's great, yay. We love artists of all genders and backgrounds. But the focus of Pinkwater Gallery is on women artists at the moment. I mean, you know, these things can change, but this year in particular, 2022 has been dedicated to my support in terms of women artists and having a voice as women, particularly in this time of upheaval in terms of our rights and that sort of thing. And I don't wanna go down a political sort of wormhole, but you know, women's art is not a thing. It's not a genre, but the women who happen to be the artists that I've selected for this grouping or this collection are all really super talented. And so it's just a niche that I've sort of focused on as a point of view, because it's almost overwhelming the number of talented artists of all stripes that are in this area. You almost have to pick a lane. How do you, how do you select artists to, to represent? Do they find you? Do you have to find them? A little bit of both. Primarily, I work with people that I know through the Woodstock School of Art. I took classes there, but I also know a number of the teachers there, and they've recommended students who have evolved into becoming, you know, professional artists. A lot of the people who take classes at the WSA happen to be uh, recovering corporate people who maybe got an art degree in college and then ended up working in the real world and are now looking to, especially as they get a little bit older, maybe have kids or you know, enter into retirement, they finally have the time to devote. And this is especially a story of how women get back into the arts after raising a family. It's a really interesting trajectory because the kind of art you produce after a career or after having a family is really different than the stuff you make when you're 22. Who are some of the artists that we should know about that maybe fit that description that we wouldn't know or we should know or maybe everyone else knows but me <laughs> well i i work specifically with catskill and hudson valley based artists and none of them is famous this group is becoming well known in the area for certain types of work which is really exciting so like i mentioned i have a couple of printmakers susanna ronner is a woodstock based graphic designer who creates wonderful geometric type monoprints or monotypes Um, Joan Foliot is another printmaker coming out of the Woodstock School of Art. She also teaches at SUNY New Paltz, and she's a phenomenal printmaker, as is another master printer named Maggie Oakes. She's actually from Poland originally, so her her full name is Malgorzata Oakes. We all call her Maggie. And then I have a number of painters, really wonderful painters and illustrators, people like pastel drawing master Meredith Rosier, and painters like Melanie Delgado, with whom I've done a number of collaborations on other types of projects. I'm probably forgetting a bunch of people, but those are the ones that I've worked with the longest. And every season I try to bring in a couple of new artists. I have exhibits that open every other month. And so I like to bring a little bit of newness as well as keeping the sort of core roster of people that, you know, people in the area come back and they start to collect certain artists. And so it's nice they know they can come in and see Susanna Rahner and maybe get introduced to a new artists like Nancy O'Hara, who I recently started featuring as well. Any advice for people that are shopping for art 
Is there an etiquette to shopping for art? I mean, I bought stuff before. I bought some beautiful paintings. I try to ask tactful questions. I'm a writer, so I get interested in the backstory. So I care a lot about that. But how do you, is there a way, do you have any advice for the person who walks into the gallery? I love that question. First of all, walk into the gallery. I see a yeah. lot of people walk by and or put their faces up against the window and kind of, you know, just look in and are, I don't know, afraid maybe to come in or just reluctant. Artists mostly want you to view our work. If you buy it, great. But honestly, I really would just rather you see it. So think of a gallery uh, as kind of a free museum in a way. It's a little one too, generally. They're not huge, most galleries. And so you can get in and out of there in 10 minutes and you can see something that might move you. I'd like to think that I've created a space where people can fall in love and maybe be transported. And so, you know, have a little brunch, do a little shopping, pop into a gallery. It's a really fun way to spend the afternoon and ask questions. One thing that I do that a lot of galleries don't do is I've actually put prices up on the on the walls with the labels because I feel like that's not something you should have to tiptoe around and ask. You should be able to see- Yeah, it's so awkward. Price. Yeah, I mean, it's like buying a sweater. I mean, it's really no different. However, you can't return a painting as easily as you can return a sweater. It's a big difference. Um, and then of can, course- Can ask, you even return a painting? Not really, but you might be able to. So I think that's another thing that's important in terms of buying art as opposed to just looking at art in a museum or a high-end gallery that's you know probably out of, out of reach potentially is, you know, hey, I'm not really sure about the size of this painting or the colors in my house. Could I borrow it? And I personally, my gallery does lend art on approval to people generally within say 50 miles, you know, that I can bring the painting to you and hang it up in your house. We can take a look at it. And if you love it, you buy it. If you don't, I take it back with me. So there's options like that. And I think people should be aware of that when they go into a gallery, not to be intimidated. You know, the curator or whoever's sitting there is a person just like you are. And we really just love talking about arts. We'd love it if you look, you ask questions. I and mean, if you want to buy something, just, you know, just ask. Cool. <laughs> City is supported by Sunflower Market. With stores in Woodstock and Rhinebeck, Sunflower Market brings our communities whole health products we can feel good about, serving to the people we love. Sunflower works with local farmers and businesses to provide a large selection of clean and sustainably sourced food, high quality organic produce, and all natural products, so we always know where our food comes from. Brian and I pop in for groceries all the time, and especially when we're having people over. Sunflower Market. Long live local. Thanks, Sunflower. I think that there are so many ways to get drawn into the gallery scene. There's art walks all around the region. So there's a Hudson art walk. There's an Uptown Kingston art walk that I've, that, or actually all of Kingston. The Midtown Arts Group has started something called Art Walk that just took place in September. However, it occurs every year. And there are things like O Positive Festival, which occurs in October annually in Kingston. And these are events that allow people to sort of have an entryway that's a little more festive and inviting, maybe with some wine and cheese or some incentives. And then there are different kinds of things that happen seasonally, like Upstate Art Weekend. And then one of my favorite things to do in the fall is actually to come up, you know, to do leaf peeping in the area, but then combine it with a tour of, say, an outdoor art sculpture park. So places like Art Omai in Ghent, which is near Hudson, and then we have Storm King in the lower Hudson Valley, down near Windsor, and Opus 40 in Saugerties. 
there are just so many different ways you can experience art in this region. And it's something that you can sort of pick and choose and make a lifetime out of doing it. And then you maybe become interested in buying a little piece. And then maybe you tiptoe into becoming a collector of a specific mm. artist's work. It's kind of like following a band. You know, I feel like the same thing exists. Some people in my family have commissioned art, which I thought was very interesting, mm -hmm. which I mean, I commissioned a song, so it shouldn't be strange to me. Yeah. But does anyone ever do that with your with your artists? Is that a common yes. thing? Yes, that does occur. It's not very typical. It does happen a lot if people are decorating a home and they want something specific. And I do have artists that do commissions and certainly it's worth asking. I did listen to your commission song and I think it's great because <laughs> the, 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 the lyrics are so apropos. It's like really fitted to what you're talking about, what you're doing with this show. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And why not have a commissioned piece for your own home? You know, I mean, I think most people think of commissioned pieces as being portraits. You know, oh, I want a picture of my grandpa or my kids or whatever. And that seems a little stuffy sometimes, but you know, you can do a commission of an abstract piece just as easily say you have a specific color scheme. A lot of art world people sort of disdain that idea of matching art to your couch. And I say, why not? Like you don't have to match it to your couch, but it should sit well in your home and make you happy to be around it. You want to live with this thing for a long time. And so if you have something in mind, certainly become a commissioner of, of art. That's a wonderful way in. Would you say most of your clients and customers are locals and full-timers from here or the weekenders or destination? Mm -hmm. Can you tell what the mix is? I can. And I would say I'm hoping for a broader array of people. Right now, I tend to get mostly weekend visitors. Kingston has kind of a buzz to it at the moment. I'm in Uptown. So there are quite a number of visitors coming in, especially as we roll into the fall. The leaf peeping crowd will also pop into the gallery, which is great. I love that. They're very open to maybe buying art as almost a souvenir, which sounds silly, but I've done it where I've been somewhere really magical and I want to take a piece of it home with me in the form of an artwork. But also I have a lot of people who have moved up to the area during the pandemic. Obviously a lot of people bought homes and have gone ahead and bought art for the, those new properties, which is really exciting. And I love to work with interior decorators and designers as an art consultant to help people select art. Because sometimes it's really overwhelming. You know, a lot of people want art, but they don't know where to start. They don't have time. They're, they're intimidated, they're overwhelmed. So maybe working with an art consultant through a gallery like Pinkwater or through any one of a number of galleries that do this is a good way to, to get started on collecting art mm. for the home. And when I first opened, there were lots of local lifelong Kingston people coming in, welcoming me to the community and purchasing something, you know, to have as a piece of the new Kingston, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been here a few years. So would you consider yourself now from here? Or are you a city or are you something else? <laughs> I'm a city that's hoping to get to, to get recognized as a local more and more, I think. The gallery has really helped me become sort of entrenched in the community in a good way, I hope, where people are starting to seek out the gallery. They're really using it as kind of a, this is going to sound odd, a community center in a way. Like we started an event earlier this summer called Second Saturdays in the Stockade, which is similar to an art walk, but it allows people to maybe consider coming up to Uptown that second Saturday evening of the month to come and do a little shopping before going out to the restaurants. We've been offering really fun activities. I had a wine tasting with Esther Wine and Spirits across the street. That's a good and wine shop, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that place. They have the best selection. And then last month, we actually worked with Chef Charles Matthews and his partner, Hope Trout, who are opening a really groovy new restaurant. It's going to be a wine and tapas bar in Uptown called a Clio, and they're not open yet. So everyone's dying for them to open. So we thought, let's host a garden party behind the, the gallery and offer a teaser of their upcoming menu. So that was exciting. So I think I'm slowly but surely working my way in. I hope oh, I'm- Oh, that's great. That's my, that's my emote. Yeah, it's hard yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, I ask every guest, this is my brother-in-law's idea about their favorite place in the Hudson Valley or the Catskills. Can you tell us your secret place? Oh my gosh, my secret place. Where do you go to be inspired or get away or see something in a new way that people don't know? I feel like I'm, all I do is work now, but oh, yeah. maybe you need one. Yeah. I, I do. I need, I need a, well, and I, I will say the swimming holes, which are famous and was the reason I ended up in Woodstock School of Art in the first place. And they become really kind of sort of overrun, I will say. And, and it's a problem. And, you know, probably one of the biggest clashes that goes on between so-called city and locals is over these local swimming holes. But if you can find one and don't tell anybody, it's just the most wonderful way to spend an afternoon in the summer. Um, and my dog and I actually found a really great little, uh, it's not really even a, a public swimming hole. It's a neighbor's property that has a really beautiful pond on it. And just walking along in the misty morning, you know, one of those mornings that's kind of almost warm, but not quite at the end of the summer. Um, that's probably my favorite way to unwind. Nice. I think the biggest change from living in a place like Brooklyn or working in Manhattan is getting adjusted to the country life, which I love the way you speak about it on the program, on the podcast. And, you know, a lot of people come and visit and they say, how do you get sleep out here? It's so quiet. It's too quiet. I'm scared. You know, and I, I just, I've gotten used to it. I love it. I love the sound of the birds and the insects and the owls and the and the, whatever goes on, the coyotes. And it sounds silly and, and really cheesy, but it's really the reason why I live here. It's so peaceful. I hate the coyotes, I'm terrified. <laughs> well, my dog stays on his leash. That's how we solve that problem. But yeah, I, I would not want to see a coyote in the face, but I like hearing them in the background. It's like legit. Well, one other cultural difference between the city and the, and the country is that people think, and maybe it's a myth, is that for an artist mm -hmm. and for a writer, you know, for anyone creative, the stimuli of the city gives you your edge. It gives you your material. It is an important, and for much of my life, I, I agreed with that. Like I needed that energy and that boost and I kind of really liked it, but I find there's a big creative culture up here too. So I don't know what you think about the differences as an artist between the city and the country, and it's a different flavor of it, or the myth is wrong, or maybe the myth is right and you have to work harder at it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. I found that when I moved to New York from the suburbs of the Midwest, it was exactly what I needed. It was the stimulus that I needed every single day. The energy level kept me going. I thrived on it. I was in fashion. You have to be, you know, in the center of things. You have to be in a city. And eventually it wore me out. And I got, I wouldn't say I got burned out. I, I would say I got tired of the grind. And so moving to the country was just a relief. It was for me as an artist, it was when I could realize my full self, my potentiality as an artist, because I had more time and I didn't have to work so hard to make so much money to be able to afford to live there. 
And so it's just, it's a happy accident that I happen to have more space now. I have room for all my materials. I can leave a painting to dry for three days. I don't have to clean it up. It's not on my kitchen table anymore. So those kind of things gave me the space to do what I always wanted to do, even in college, but couldn't afford to do until I finally got old enough to to get out of the city. But I go back to the city all the time. You know, I, I mean, it's a quick two hour train ride. I look forward to going to the city now. I thrive on different exhibits that are happening or restaurants that are opening. I just don't want to live in the middle of it anymore. Mm -hmm. Great. I can't afford it. <laughs> I can't afford <laughs> to be both. I can't afford to be an artist and a creative person and live in the city. That's the bottom line. Well, a lot of people ask me like where, where to go and I can tell them restaurants and stuff, but if they want, they're interested in art, I don't think I would know. Where, where would you guide someone? What's the pink water guide to art in the, the area if you're coming up for a weekend or a day or something? I love this question. It's so easy to get to Kingston from the city. For example, you can take a bus from Port Authority and hop out right at Washington Avenue and have access right up the street to Pinkwater Gallery, which is in Uptown, as well as another new gallery that recently opened in the area called Headstone Gallery. It's wonderful. It's on Hurley Avenue, right across from the bus station. Now, if you go a little further afield, and there's lots of other stuff to do in Uptown, there's places to eat, there are coffee shops, there are other shops that sell all kinds of things, like we have a big vintage clothing presence and record stores and all that. But other parts of Kingston, if you happen to have a car, include the part of town called Midtown, where a lot of artists have studios, which is amazing. And during things like Art Walk, they'll have open studios in places like the Shirt Factory and the Pajama Factory and the Fuller Building. And in addition, there is a full-time gallery there called Monument HV, as well as Green Kill and some other galleries that are open on the weekends. And then you get to the third part of town of Kingston. Kingston's actually surprisingly large. It's about 24,000 people and it has three sections. And so the third section I'm mentioning here is sort of called downtown or the Strand. Most people know it as the Rondout. And it's where a couple of really interesting spots are located, including Art Port Kingston and West Strand Gallery, along with a number of shops and restaurants. And then you have Lockwood Gallery that's a little bit outside of the city of Kingston on the way to Woodstock on Route 28, which has phenomenal shows and often features local artists. Those are great. Thank you so much. I'm going to list the, all these in the show notes. Great. Thank you, Anne, for suggesting the idea for the episode and for talking to me about art and artists locally. Anne's gallery is Pinkwater, right on North Front Street in Kingston's Uptown Stockade District, and you can also take a peek at pinkwatergallery.com. She's got a mailing list you can join for upcoming shows, exhibits, and events. I'll list her Pinkwater guide in the show notes and put up a blog post with it too on cityat.com. Speaking of mailing lists, are you on the Cityat mailing list? Please join, if not, at cityat.com. And if you already are but are not getting them, please check your spam folder. Because wouldn't that be sad if all my newsletters are just sitting there clueless and waiting like a Cityat? Anyway. Hope you're enjoying season five and getting to know more about the Hudson Valley and Catskills. All the more reason to come visit. Down in the valley, moved up from the city. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park, two, seven ounce of an idiot. Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. But it's kind of got a 
Upstate and chill. chill, chill, chill.